It's a little extra Lambo podcast coming to you from the South Hill podcast studios right here, Spokane, Washington. With me today in studio, it's my first guest I've had in studio. We have Aaron from Three Aces. How are you doing today, sir? Doing all right, man. How are you? You uh, you've been doing a little little bit of traveling, yeah. trying to get the store stocked up with stuff, and we'll get yeah. into that of why you're having to make so many special trips. But <laughs> why don't you tell us? First, your background. You have a military background. So thank you for your service. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, let's pull that a little bit closer to you there. And then, uh, and then tell us how you got into Three Aces. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, like you said, my name is Aaron. Um, I was in the Air Force as a Security Forces Officer for just over eight years. Um, did a lot of really cool things overseas. And uh, just liked guns in general um spent a lot of time shooting guns in the military and and doing things like that so uh that kind of sparked the passion a little bit more grew up you know started out shooting bb guns in the cul-de-sac with my dad and uh just kind of progressed from there you know 22s to shotguns and upland hunting and stuff like that so um that just kind of <laughs> evolved <laughs> over time but uh how young how young were oh, you? Oh, gosh. Uh, BB guns, probably, I don't know, five, maybe, and then just kind of went up from there. Okay. You know? Started doing 22s, and my dad has a huge passion for 22 rifles. Okay. He's probably got 30 of them. Okay. Di- they're all like Ruger 1022s, but they're all different. So, yeah, we, we enjoy doing that, and even still, like, we'll go to the range with dad and take my kids now and they're shooting the same 22s that I was shooting. So it's, it's pretty cool. I've got one, I've got a lever action 22. That was my granddad's that went to my dad that went to me eventually, hopefully with uh, some spills not being passed, it can go to my son, (laughs) but it's been passed down. So you're good with the lever guns. I'll just say that. (laughs) I'll I'll see it. So, yeah, so we just kind of progressed. You know, I, I got out of the military in, in 2014. I was medically separated. Um, and then uh, I started working at um, a gun shop in Spokane called Triple J Armory. And, um, or not in Spokane, in Colorado, sorry. Um, called Triple J Armory there in Littleton. Um, and worked there for uh, over a year, I think. And then... Um, just wasn't real like crazy happy, I guess. Um, so I just, I, you know, we separated, we're still friends. Like even to this day, like I could call him up and be like, Hey buddy, can you help me with something business related? And he's yeah, no big deal. You know, and we check in on the kids and all that stuff still. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of started my own thing, you know, um, had a bunch of friends were like, Hey, can I do a transfer? And I was like, I don't have an FFL yet. He goes, dude, you should you should get an FFL. So then I that's when I jumped into the whole federal license pool of craziness. And FFL stands for <laughs> it's a federal firearms license. Okay. So that like if you uh, so back back in the day, uh, you could do like um, at home businesses and do like a, pr- a private transfer. Like if you wanted to send me something that you bought on Palmetto or wherever, you could just do that. And it just you just meet at my house and do the paperwork and then off you go. Um, so yeah, it was no big deal. Um, but now, I mean, just everything's all kinds of craziness, but, um, anyways, getting back into that, you know, um, that was 2014. 
2014 into 2015 is when that kind of kicked off. And then I was, I was doing a lot of training classes. Uh, in Colorado, you're required to take a actual shooting class in order to get your concealed carry permit. So, which I'm surprised they don't do that here. I really am too. So, you know, you know, that's, that's kind all of I had a rabbit to do was go hole. down and get my fingerprints right. to get it. Yep. And it, there's no qualifications. Yeah. Which I, I kind of think that there should be some sort of training. Yeah, I, I agree with you to a certain point. To but, a certain point, you know, yes. As, as Americans, we are given the right to keep and bear arms, and we know that, right? That's part of our constitutional rights. However, carrying a gun is a very big responsibility. So, you know, it is it a right for everybody to carry a gun? Absolutely. But... And on that same hand, like, do I want somebody that's never had any kind of training potentially saving my life? Not at all. That's just a personal feeling of mine. So I'm I'm for the training thing. Now I, people are going to say, oh, it's an infringement of your right. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, like, think about your life in somebody else's hands that you've never had a qualification ever. Yep. That's yep. just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so. you, would, you would hope that. People who do have their CCW are training, are out religious shooting, you know, you dry know. firing, anything, right? Yep. Most of us carry gun every single day. I'll tell you, I dry fire a hundred times every night. Okay. Every single night. It's it's that is part of my ritual because I put a gun on my in my pants, on my hip, whatever, in some form of fashion every single day. What do you like to carry? So right now I'm kind of on the 2011 kick. So I've got a Prodigy, Springfield Prodigy, and then I have a Staccato P as well. So they're you know double stack 1911 style okay. pistols. Before that I'm I'm a diehard Glock guy. So I got I kind of rotate depending on what I wear. <laughs> you know, yeah. G45, G19, G17, that kind of. Uh, realm all nine millimeters I, i'm not into the bigger calibers you know i our personal opinion thing i like to shoot a lot faster uh with less recoil it's yeah. not that i can't handle it it's just that's what i like yeah i carry so, a springfield 10 right now yeah. it's too big to carry right i tried ordering a nine right before all of <laughs> this happened and they said nope we're not yeah. even we're not even looking at washington state right oh, now so bad so pistols are still good we're still good to do handguns uh, and we can t- dive into that later, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, handguns are okay. Just ten round capacity is our our yep. stupid thing right now. Yep, yep. So the store started after Colorado. You yeah. moved here yeah. somehow. Yep. So my uh, we actually it was it was like our um, kickoff, like our business is really starting in 2016. We were doing like a, you know, a customer appreciation thing, like on the range. We had food. We had all kinds of stuff. And I get this phone call. It was my my dad. He was like, hey, grandpa's not doing too hot. And I said, okay, well, we're, we're at our like opening, you know, thank you appreciation, you know, for all of our customers on the range right now. And he goes, well, if it goes bad, I'll give you a call. Well, it went bad. It went bad. <laughs> it went bad. So uh, grandpa died. And the next day, we were driving up here to Spokane. Well, to Yakima. They were in Yakima. So I drove 17 hours straight the very next day. And we got here. We did the free, the funeral, all that stuff. And I just talked to my wife. I was like, I, 
I feel like we need to move back here and be closer because now grandma's by herself, you know, and, and be within, you know, two to three hour mm-hmm. driving distance at least, you know, if she needs something, we can be there in no time. Um, and so we just, we literally got back. We stayed here a whole month. It was kind of nice. Didn't have a job <laughs> other than my own business. Right. So I could do that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really cool. And my wife is so supportive in everything I do, not just, you know, for that, but, um, yeah, she's like, okay, let's do it. And we had just bought a house not too long ago, like in, uh, 2013, I think. So we had just barely been in that. Actually it was 2015. We just barely been in that house for, uh, two years almost like almost to the day. And, <laughs> Under a VA home loan, you you have to live in it for two years, okay. or it's like, a, like they call it like a flipper or something like that. I'm, I'm not real sure. I'm not, sounds sounds I'm not about a right. house flipper. So. Yeah, I was in uh, Kalispell with a buddy of mine. He wanted to flip houses. Same thing. Yeah. He had his VA loan still they to use, but it had, had to, be to be for two, two years. years. So yeah. So so my uh, realtor is also a military friend of mine. Uh, he was uh, like our back office guy um, in Colorado at. I was stationed at Buckley. And um, so Tom Johnson, if you're in Colorado, he's a good dude. Um, yeah, so, you know, called him up and we're like, hey, we're moving. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll get it on the market. No big deal. So we started that whole process. And, um, gosh, it was crazy. We go from having a beautiful house to having nothing in there and the military packing up all of our crap, you know, and, and then it was gone. Dude, literally packing our crap. Like we had a newborn at that time. So we had diapers and stuff and okay. they would literally pack up the garbage can with dirty diapers in it <laughs> and shove it in a box and put it in our storage thing. And when we opened that oh. stuff in Spokane, oh. holy crap. Yeah. Literal crap. It was disgusting. I was like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> Like, I was so mad. <laughs> we, uh, my family's from Haver, Montana. Uh-huh. The Air Force used to be, Air Force Base used to be there. Yep. So my dad owned uh, Beacons Moving Transfer and oh, yeah. Storage. So he would go coast to coast, <laughs> yep. go through Chicago, pick the loads. Different ports. And he's just, yep, <laughs> he's just moving Air Force. That's all he was doing. And uh, and then when I started doing that, it was, I got shoved upstairs into the attic, yeah. right? I'm packing up boxes yeah. and all the bedroom yep. stuff and all that exactly. stuff. But I, I would never dare to throw oh dirty gosh. diapers away. Dude, they had, it was like two or three guys. And my wife was like, okay, be careful with my dishes. And they got these this big old stack of paper, you know? And they're just slamming them down and just wrapping them up and shoving them in a box. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting out of here before my wife loses it, right? <laughs> and so I go into the garage, and this dude is drinking my soda out of my fridge, drinking my water bottles, and just leaving all the garbage, and then packing all the garbage up. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it was so bad. Classic. Oh. So anyways, <laughs> we move. We come up here. We stay with a fr- uh, our friends here. Uh, met him uh, and his wife in uh, – he. We went to um, Airman Leadership School together, and we just became really good friends. We kicked it off. We're both jerks and, <laughs> you know, just rude people and tell dirty jokes and stuff like that. So we kicked it off really well. We liked to shoot, and we rode motorcycles and all that stuff. And so, you know, our families just hit it off together, and our daughters are the same age. And so they kind of grew up together and stuff like that. So it was really cool. But they let us stay with them for a whole month while we found a house. 
Okay. And uh, ended up buying a house in, in Spokane Valley and uh, transferred the FFL over to Washington, which is not as easy as people think. You basically have to start all over. You have to reapply for a new license because it's in a different state. You have to get a new business license because it's in a different state. And then Washington is super awesome, and they have a business license for the Valley. They have a business license for the actual Spokane, actual city. And then you also have to do a firearm seller's license every year of $150, which may not seem like a lot, but when you're only doing like two to three transfers a year <laughs> out of your house, you're not making any money at that point. You're, you're literally losing money. Okay. So, you know, it was, so anyways, long story short, we kind of transitioned from the house, opened up the actual retail store in 2018, November of 2018. Um, and right before that I had had re, uh, reconstructive ankle surgery in July. So I'm like recovering while we're trying to build our storefront you know, we had to tear the whole inside out. It was like a office building. We had to tear it all out to make it into the open floor plan that we have now. Put up walls, retexture, do all the wiring, and it was just insane. Good thing I have good friends because yep. they're awesome. They came good, in. Good and, friends are yeah. uh, are uh, very hard to find, especially in that situation right there. Yeah. So my buddy Dustin came in and and he did most of the construction stuff like our counter in the store he built that he stayed like 24 hours straight mapped it out built it how Ali wanted it and got it all done and it looks great painted it and that thing is rock solid <laughs> you could hide behind that thing and have people shoot at it and it would be nothing would go through okay. <laughs> it is rock solid so Dustin thanks for that buddy <laughs> um what did you start at your house? What were you doing? Just, just transfers? Transfers, yeah. Um, mostly transfers. Uh, I was building guns for some people um, if they wanted it. Um, it wasn't like a, a, a like an actual job for me yet. You know, it was like, oh, I just do it kind of for fun. Um, I really wanted to get back into just training people just because I like seeing the light switch on somebody's face when they're like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? And, uh, so that, that's just, that's where I, I really like to do it is just train, do training classes and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so we, uh, we got to the point where we were having so many people come into the house that, um, we're like, okay, we got, we got a, a lot of foot traffic in and yeah. out. So we're potty training my youngest <laughs> and people are just walking in the house. I'm like, dude, that's how you get shot. Like, yep. You don't just walk in like I didn't know you were coming. Well, it's a business, right? Nah, it's it's still my house, dude. Like, yeah. come on. So, no, it was it was. So that's that's the point that my wife was like, maybe we should open a store. And I'm not kidding you. This was her idea. Okay. <laughs> maybe we should open a store. And I said, okay, let's do it. You know. And and once again, she's just like supporting me. I'm trying to find a building. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And she, she's like, it'll happen. Like, no big deal. It'll happen. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, That's talk awesome. I'm talking to my friends and, and my buddy Tyler's like, Hey, I know of a of a place downtown. I was like, let's go look at it. So we go and look at it in the office building. And, and I know the owners of the building. So that kind of worked out too. And, okay. and, uh, so they're like, yeah, um, we're going to help you out your first year, 500 bucks a month. 
whoa, like downtown Spokane. It's in a it's a one way street, you know, and the address is two two three. So it's like, come on, this is meant to be, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's like, oh, <laughs> you know, and and so yeah, we're we're uh, we we signed a contract, and first month was five hundred bucks. Next or first year was five hundred bucks. Next year was a thousand bucks, and then fifteen hundred bucks. Okay, and then we're just been there, you know, That's progressively awesome. doing it as a know? as a as a small business. Oh, start your out, first year, oh you struggle so much. Yes, so it, you know, we we started doing gun shows to get you know build revenue. And dude, when we when we started, we had like twelve guns. Period. That's what we're our store looks period. like now, <laughs> and like, half of them were yours. <laughs> Just displays, <laughs> you know. Uh, so our store looks the same now because we had to get rid of all of our crap because of these new stupid laws. But we'll dive into that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had like twelve guns. Whoa. My uh, my buddy um, Matt um, was shutting his store down, so I got his display cases. So that was cool. Okay. You know, I have to buy brand new ones. Those things are expensive, mm-hmm. and so that was that was nice. Um, but yeah, so gun shows, we're just doing, you know, little things. I'm buying like one or two pistols from distributors at a time. And now we're like 20, 30, you know, which is cool seeing the progression, but got to go back to your roots every once in a while. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, all of, uh, all the customers over the years, man, it's just been so cool just seeing them see us grow and then they're you know, still coming in and still supporting and even through all this crap, you know, it's, yeah. it's so, that's awesome. It's so awesome. From, from the house to the store opening yeah. up to the first year being done. Yeah. What did you learn? Oh my gosh. Um, so you can't please anybody or everybody, I no, guess. Correct. Right. So you cannot please everybody. And I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I really like to see people happy and see like the, like I said, that light switch, you know, or just like um, their expressions of gratitude. To me, that's all I need. I don't care about the money. Money's money. I can make more money, right? I don't care about that. I like to see people happy. So when we were building guns and people are like, I had this vision of like this gun, how I wanted it. I was like, okay, tell me about it. I want to help you build it. You know what I mean? And just, you know, seeing them get, well, I want this optic. I want, I want to build this style of a gun, like a Mark 18 and, and all this cool military stuff. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And they're like, we can do that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Dude, heck yeah, we can. <laughs> Whoa. And you know, and then, and then the finished product is there and they're like, dude, this is exactly what I want. That's all I need. Awesome. I don't need anything else. That's just so cool to me. You know, and, and, you know, now, now guys are building their own guns and that's even super cool. You know, as a business, it sucks because I'm not getting to see them, you know, that passion that they have when it's done, but I'm happy that they're, you know, letting me get them parts and do all that kind of stuff. So do they ever bring them in? Always. Yeah. It's so cool. Cause you know, and I said, Hey, you know, let me see it when it's all done, you know? And, And then couple of guys have brought it in and they're like, well, I, can, I still kind of want to tweak this. I was like, Hey, maybe try this. And they're like, Oh dude, light bulb. Boom. <laughs> you know, you you give them the build a kit. Exactly. And then they put it together yeah. and then they bring it I, back. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and some of the guys are like, and gals, I'm not trying to discriminate They're They build the gun and, 
but they don't have all the tools. So like the castle nut wrench and stuff like that. Dude, bring it in. I'll tighten everything down. I'll look it over for you. I'm not going to charge you for stuff like that. Just seeing you. Oh, dude, seriously, you'll do that? Yeah, heck yeah. I want to see your gun, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so cool. Just, I had a, so while we're on topic of building, we're in the middle of 1240. And I had this, she's got to be 75-year-old lady. She's like, I want to build an AR-15. Let's rock let's on. Do let's, do know, let's do it. I might have a picture of this lady. You keep going. I'll okay. find the picture. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, she's like, I want to buy this part today. Okay, cool. So, and I'm, I'm telling her, hey, um, just so you know, we're kind of in the middle of a thing. She goes, oh, I'm well aware. <laughs> you know, and this is exactly why I'm doing this. I'm like, rock on, lady. <laughs> you know, and so she's putting her gun together piece by piece and she and I did the same thing. Hey, get all your pieces. I have an extra bench. <laughs> that is <laughs> she so cro- crocheted, crocheted crocheted everything on there. <laughs> I'll post that picture to yeah. the to the Facebook page. Dude, that, that's a great heat guard right there. <laughs> Not only can I make you socks, but a heat guard for your hand guard. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So anyways, I'm, I told her, I was like, hey, once you get all the parts, bring it over here. I've got a bench in the back. I'll help you put it together. And she told me, absolutely not. I want my own tools. I was like, rock okay. on, Grandma. That's so cool. You know, and she did it, man. She freaking got every piece that she could get and put it all together. She brought it in, and I looked it over. Everything was tight to spec. I was like, dude. This is the coolest thing to me ever. I don't care about all the other guns I've ever built. This one is so cool. The, the one you won't forget. I never even touched it. Okay. I didn't. She I didn't, did it all. She did everything. She <laughs> torqued it all down to spec. She seated her barrel. She anti-seize. She did Loctite. Everything. And, did it was perfect. Awesome. There wasn't any, like, scratch marks from her ripping on it or anything. Yeah. It was great. It was it was probably the nicest gun that I've seen somebody else build. It was so cool. And she did it all on her own. She bought all the the, the wrenches, the punches, you know, the Allen wrenches, all the extra stuff. And she's like, I'm gonna do it in my basement. It's like rock on. <laughs> so cool. Do you do more more transfers now? Or do you do more gun, you know, the everybody's buying the parts to build their own? Yeah. So well, now. Well, I I should say before, before this, before. yeah. Um, parts, just parts, okay. yeah. I mean, we we um, before the law, we were selling tons and tons of arrow precision stuff, um, and not just arrow, but like that was our main thing, right? Not only is it a local company to Washington, so great parts. They have great um, customer service. Their QC was really awesome. Um, never really had any issues with any of the parts. There was a couple times where something would slip by QC, like it would have a little blem on the receiver or something like that. I would call up my rep and be like, hey, dude, um, this one's got like a tumbling mark or whatever in it. Cool, send it back. He'd send me a new one. No big deal. Just boom, boom. Yeah, nothing. it was like nothing. Okay, that's that's priceless as a oh small business. Oh, my gosh. I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to send you pictures. It didn't matter. He's just yep. like, I'll trust you. Send it in. Send me an RMA. I didn't have to pay for shipping. He just sent it back. As soon as they got the other one, boom, send me a new one. Okay. And it was like 
three days tops. Okay. <laughs> it was so cool. So did that take some time to build up that trust or was no, it? No, that was of... like from day one. Okay. Yeah, like I got I got some aero stuff long, like probably I don't know, probably in 2018, like when we first opened, and one of like the X15 receivers had a, a good scratch on it. And I took it out of the package and I looked at it. I was like, oh man, customer's not gonna like that. So I just grabbed a new one. I showed it to my wife and she's like, I'll get on it. And she now we have a really good relationship with our rep. His name's Ryan, super awesome dude. And um, she would just text him, Hey, I got a scratched X15. Can we get it replaced? Yeah, no big deal. And man, it was it was just like that. It was like a three day process. Same day we'd have an RMA, send it out the next day, and they would already have one shipped out. It was so cool. It's awesome. You can't you can't <laughs> no, beat that. There's no way. And I don't know of any other company that does that. Even like with even if you have a good reputation with a dealer rep or something like that, I don't know of in any in any industry that people will do that. You know what I mean? They just uh, trust their dealer so much that it's just like, boom, on the way. Dude, I, don't even, I haven't even sent it yet. Doesn't matter. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. Jeez. So, yeah, getting back on track, though. We're, uh, yeah, so gun shows, we did that for uh, probably two years. Um, and then we just got to the point where we have so much stuff now that it's more of a hassle to tear down the whole store and then take it all to a show, set it up. It's just me and my wife at the time. Um, so set up everything. You know, I, I got to pull a trailer and I got to pack the truck. Oh, funny story real quick. We got pulled over on our way to a gun show with like 50 guns in the back of my truck. <laughs> my wife was driving. and Just stick your hands out the window. The, cop, the, the police officer shows, you know, she's like, say, hands on the steering wheel registration and and insurance is in the uh visor above you know <laughs> and uh she goes just so you know i have a lot of guns in the back <laughs> and, and he like backed up <laughs> it was like uh what's going on we're on our way to the gun show we're one of the vendors he goes oh okay <laughs> you know and so it was like <laughs> eased down <laughs> real quick but he ended up letting us go, so that was cool. Thank you, police officer, for that. <laughs> so, interesting to know what went right through his mind like, when oh she's like, my. we got a lot of guns. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> cartel. <laughs> so, yeah, so setting it up, you know, and all that stuff, it, it just got to be more of a hassle. So we just kind of stopped, you know, and, and that was like at the transition where the owners of the gun show had kind of changed, so it wasn't as cool of a gun show anymore. And it didn't, it wasn't as big. It went from, you know, a hundred tables down to like 25 tables or 50 tables even. And so when we were going at the uh, fairgrounds, they had all three bays full of just guns. And, you know, that was kind of like almost that time frame where kind of 1639 kicked off in 2019. So, you know, the, you had to do a private transfer at a dealer kind of thing. Uh, well, that was 2014, but it was even even more strict after that. Like the that's when like the assault rifle background checks happened, and the 10 day waiting period happened, and we just saw made things more everything difficult. tank. You know, every all the sales tanked. Um, ammo sales went through the roof because everybody was just like, "Oh, I got to get more ammo mm -hmm. for the guns I do have." But what that caused was 
all of those constant customers in state moved Idaho to buy stuff because in Idaho, still face to face stuff. Okay. So technically, it's illegal for a Washington person to do that with an Idaho person, right? Because then it's importing without a background check. Whatever. I'm not ATF. So, um, but our sales just down the drain. I would have I would have thought if they're not buying them at the show that would have drew that would have driven them to your store you would to think, get more sales. You would think, but the the way that it it's all you know because now they have to do a background check on a pistol, which as a dealer I have to do a background check anyways on a pistol mm-hmm. or a rifle or a receiver it doesn't matter. But a lot of the vendors quote quote at the gun show weren't actual dealers. So they're just doing private sales, even though it's it was illegal. Okay, cash transactions. Yeah, cash okay. transactions. There was there was a um, vendor that was running all of the transfers for the other people. It was like a twenty dollar fee or whatever, which was really cheap. And most of the sales were pissed like handguns, but they had no slide, so that's like the pool i okay. guess and so you know they the people still took them same day so it wasn't like they had to wait you know 10 days and all that stuff yet so but it was it was a way to make sure that the background check got done and the people still got their gun as long as they passed right so it was no there's no like gun show loophole kind of thing that you hear about so that's not actually a thing but it's a talking point <laughs> it's a talking it's, point it's a, it's a sure. talking point for yeah, our politicians for sure so, um, yeah, transitioning from gun shows to only in the store, um, that was probably 2019 was really like the year that we just kind of were like, okay, we got to be done with this. You know, we were traveling to Yakima for gun shows. We were traveling, you know, over to the dog track at Post Falls. Um, we went to uh, one clear out in um, Republic. That was a three day oh. show. Man, that was that was a fun time. I'll tell you what, though. That was a lot of fun. We got to meet some really cool people, and I, I'm I'm a people person just in general. So I like I just I just like to talk to people. Okay, you know I'm, I'm well. You get up there, you're getting into the backwoods. Yeah, and the, man. I the met country a, folk. I met, a Na- I met a Navy SEAL that's got a ton of property up, and he he like gave me his challenge coin and stuff. Okay, and I'm thinking like in the back of my head, is this dude for real? Yeah, he's for real. Okay, <laughs> he's for real. I we've since like built a friendship and stuff like that, and. That dude is for real. So, yeah, it was it, it was really cool just to meet you know new people because you never know who you're going to meet. You know what I mean? And and like a lot of the dealers um, that I've met prior to moving to Washington, they don't care enough to to like find out who you are. You know what I mean? So, I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be completely different from your standard gun shop, right? You kind of walk in, it's kind of dingy, and there's naked ladies on the wall and stuff like that. I didn't want that. I wanted it to be a family oriented place. Like you could bring your kid in and you're not going to, you're not going to see, you know, naked ladies and you're not going to have all the dirty talk and stuff like that. Now don't get me wrong. We get riled up every once in a while, but like if the kids come in, we, we watch our mouth and you know, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's not one of those places where you're going to, you're going to come in and just be like shunned. If you say a bad word, you know, I don't really care. You, I mean, that's your own life. You know what I mean? But like, 
if you bring your kid in, I'm going to say, hey, okay, guys, let's kind of chill out, you know, if, if we were having, you know, different discussions about politics and, you know, stuff that's happening overseas and, and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll tone it down, you know. So, but I, I just wanted it to be nice and bright and not be dirty when you walk in, like the floor is sticky and, you know. I wanted it to be nice and clean. We got LEDs, we got nice flooring, we got lights in the cases and, and stuff like that. So I wanted it to be welcoming and not feel like every other gun shop quote quote you know what i mean so and i I learned that from um triple j armory they were lights in all the cases they greeted you when you walked in and and it's just it's always clean the glass is clean and and it just is is welcoming very much so Uh, and so and yeah you being there you can you can attest for that so as soon as you walk in the door hey how you doing you know and Sometimes it gets kind of hectic. We got a ton of people in there, and, and we don't get to greet everybody, but we try our best. You know, there's only three of well, us. Well, this so. last year, it's been it's been pretty hectic. Yeah, that's when that's pretty when uh, the 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 mutual prepper who I've had on the podcast before uh, brought me in there for the first time. Yep. And the the assault rifle ban, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of what the the bill number is. Twelve forty. Twelve forty. Yep. And that is how did how was how did that affect your business right away oh man okay so um tremendously i mean there's nothing else i can really say just absolutely changed everything i cannot sell anything ar15 related or semi automatic rifle related period Parts, pieces, accessories, nothing. No, go go back to before it got signed. The amount yeah. of flow okay. through the store. So, yeah, so right before the uh, HB twelve forty got signed into law, quote, um, we were going absolute balls to the wall, getting parts and pieces, and ex- we're overnighting accessories from distributors. We're, we sold in one month, we sold approximately 12,000 AR-15 receivers. Wow. 12,000 in, in just over a month. And, and I'm not trying to brag or anything like that because I really don't care. I just want people to get their stuff that they want, right? So <clears throat> we were driving over to Lakewood to pick up stuff from Aero Precision two to three times a week because FedEx couldn't get it to us fast enough. Like we would order, you know, $10,000 worth of stuff from FedEx and then it would be shipped through FedEx and we paid for, you know, second day air and they're, they're driving it through Oregon for whatever reason. They, they got stuck in Portland or something, probably some Antifa thing. And then, you know, and then they're stuck in Troutdale now because they don't want to drive over the pass because it's, under 40 degrees okay well i I have stuff that needs to be sold (laughs) (laughs) yeah like so we just got to the point where we're fed up we're just gonna drive over it's 12 hours there and back it's a six hour drive so i mean my wife one time she left wednesday night after we closed at six o'clock drove over to my cousin's place stayed at his place that night she got there at midnight and then Woke up at seven in the morning to be at Aero Precision at eight when Will Call opened, and then drove over to the store 
to have that stuff there by noon. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I saw, I saw a couple of your lives on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, While we're in the car with all the stuff. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. Three, uh, Facebook, uh, Three Aces LLC, if you guys want to get on there and look at that and hit the like button. Yeah, appreciate it. So, yeah, man, we were, we drove um, at least two to three times back and forth getting parts because we just couldn't get it fast enough. And I'm, I don't care. Like, I want people to get what they want. You know what I mean? And I want to be the guy that's got all the stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the lower parts kits and the fix-it kits because I can't fix your gun with a different piece that potentially got broken now. So, like, if, you, if you're if you out shooting your trigger spring breaks in your gun, I can't fix it unless you already have that part. Okay. So, I can't just order it. I can't send it back for warranty. I can't do anything. I can, like, if you bought a full kit before the, the law was signed, then I can put it together for you because you already had the pieces. But kicker is you can't leave the store because <laughs> I can't take full possession of it like overnight oh does that make sense oh yeah yeah so because so, then i have to sign it into my book as gunsmithing okay and then that is a transfer essentially from you to me and then to transfer it back we can't so you have to stay okay. there <laughs> so okay it's, it's yeah it's, it's interesting I, I didn't even think about that whole different ball game now okay man. It, and it's it's gonna be really really hard to survive like i got i have employees to pay now Mm -hmm. how am i going to do that when we're consistently making six figures a month then now we're like 10k a month i got bills i got a store to like the building to pay for and electricity and internet and you know all the insurances and all that stuff and my licenses it's it's gonna be rough yeah really rough what are you, what are you, okay, so, so tell us what the bill was. Okay. And then, and then tell us how it immediately affected you. Okay, so the bill was an assault weapons ban in the state of Washington. So semi-automatic center fire rifles and shotguns. So the kicker with the shotguns is it has to have characteristics. So you have to have a pistol grip. And it has to be semi-automatic. So there. So the way that they worded that too was um, kind of tricky because they threw in the word capability. <laughs> so a semi-automatic shotgun with the pistol grip and the capability to hold more than seven rounds. Well, if you're familiar with like hunting shotguns, mm-hmm. m- some of them don't have pistol grips, but like some factory turkey shotguns have pistol grips and they have an extended magazine tube. Well, you take the plug out and you can put an extension on and you can hold more than seven rounds. Okay. That is capability (laughs) by definition. Okay. So that shotgun's out. Yeah. Technically, but like unless it's permanently affixed to where you can't clean it, you can't disassemble it. Well, what's the point then? Like, how are you going to maintain it? They don't care about that. (laughs) They don't care that your gun might break because you can't maintain it. They just want guns to be gone. It's very vague (laughs) written. It's so vague. And and, and, uh, like I was, 
I'm I'm new to firearms. I've, yeah. I've fired firearms from a, as a kid, right. actually cleaning them, taking yeah. them apart, understanding how to build them. I'm new to that. Yeah. So when I was reading that bill, I kept getting lost through the words the that were that being words. The way that they worded it was, it was so <clears throat> tricky. And, and they're lawyers, right? So they're, they're doing their lawyer thing and, and fluffing and making it to where the average citizen is not going to understand what they're trying to say, right? And, and they do it on purpose, and they know it, and everybody else knows it. So it's, it's not meant for Joe Blow to just read it and be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like a book that you can read and, and, and see the whole story. They, they throw stuff in there that's kind of shifty, and then they counter what they said down below in, like, the fine print, and then it'll reference up to a different spot, and it's just so vague. Very. <laughs> very, very, very vague. And you get lost. Totally. So then it can be, it's kind of like the Bible. The Bible can <laughs> totally. be looked at, yes. and it can be, you know, I can see that passage this way, you can see that passage it's this way. It's all interpretation. It's, yeah, all interpretation. And, and that's the worst part is there's dealers that are interpreting things differently than the way it's written even because that's how they read it, right? So, like, for instance, um, they gave us 90 days to get all of our remaining parts that we had acquired since January out of the state, not still sell them to people in Washington, like just get them out of the state, period. And um, apparently, and I've heard this through the grapevine, that there are, uh, there is a um, store apparently that is still selling because they, interpreted that they had 90 days to just get rid of their inventory period not that's how i read it as right, well you yeah. had 90 days to whatever's on your shelves you and can still back sell. room you can still yeah so it's dealers can sell out of state see and that's that's a perfect example because maybe that's how they understood it i don't know i haven't talked to them it's not i don't it's not that, my that's job that's your business <laughs> it's not my business uh, I'm not going to tell you how to run your business. If that's how you want to do it, cool. I don't care. How can you how can you sell to out of state though? So what with- we did is we have a connection with another store in Post Falls. So we just boxed everything up that we can't sell and said, "Hey, we have all this stuff. Do you guys want to buy it?" And that's that's just how it worked. Okay. So I sold it to them at cost. I wasn't trying to make any money off of it. I just wanted it gone, and that's what we did. And I'm fine with it. I don't, you know, I gave them a deal for some stuff that they didn't have, and so now they can make money on it. Cool. I'm happy. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not going to make money off of somebody else in the industry. That's that's it's a, it's like a etiquette thing, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've dealt with some other dealers. Well, they're a small business as well. Exactly. It, it's literally him and his wife. They have no other employee. It's just those two. Cool. I'm happy. I don't care. It's it's out of my hands at this point. So, you know, and, and so we just, we took a couple days off um, to get compliant and to do all that. And um, 
Did you have a bunch of stuff? Not really. Okay. No, <laughs> we kind of got picked yeah, over. <laughs> I, was, uh, I know from the times that I was in there, there, that place was always packed. Yes. And everything, as soon as it would come in, yeah. it was out Dude, the door. Dude, I felt so bad with your, with your whole uh, ordeal. Well, I was going to say at the beginning of the show, that's why you're here, because you felt bad for me, so you're going to do the podcast. No, I ordered I ordered an AR, and it came in, and it it took a little bit longer to get into the shop and we had eight days yeah. and we had to have 10. Yeah. But then looking back, it took longer for him to sign the bill. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, pushed back. Uh, and, dude, I felt so bad. Cause I was like, no dude, it's going to sign it this next week. And then yep. he didn't. Frick, man. <laughs> I should have just saved nope, it. Nope, I would have done the same oh, thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... And, and that was the chance. I it, mean, it we, really we was, knew. Yeah. So, the uh, the the hard thing is, I had you weren't the only one to do that, right? Yeah. You yeah, had I got, three or four, I, I think, that I got yelled at day. by so many people. Oh. Just, I mean, just even emails. Like, hey, I'm sending this in. No, please don't. Like, we can't accept it. Are you effing kidding me? And, you know, I'm just like, dude, come on. Like, it's... <laughs> Don't tell me how to run my business first off, but also like pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was, uh, (laughs) we're getting notes passed to us. (laughs) I think that's for you. (laughs) No, my son passing me a note for his phone. He's grounded. (laughs) No. Dang. Um, so, so you are now having to switch. You can't sell pistols. You can sell pistols, handguns, not AR pistols. Pist- handguns are okay as long as it doesn't have a threat of barrel. So why couldn't, why wouldn't Palmetto, because I ordered a Springfield 9mm right. that was smaller. Yep. I think it was like a 7-inch. Yes. Why wouldn't they ship that to me then? So Palmetto did something that I've never seen anybody else do. They just stopped all sales to Washington, period. Because, and this kind of, we, we kind of saw this when the mag ban happened. Um, they were still sending us guns that had over 10 round capacities. And we'd call them and say, hey, you know, this came in. And they're, no, sir, that did not come from us. Well, I'm literally got it in my hands. <laughs> Looking at the invoice. And it says, Palm, you're Palmetto, right? <laughs> yeah, Palmetto. So, and it, so they just was like, nope, no more, period. So okay. that they don't have that happen. Okay. Which I understand that. Yep. But now, so here's the other thing too. Their interpretation, their lawyer's interpretation of that could be no pistols. Because it is semi-automatic yep. and it's center-fired. But if you read in there a little farther, it says with a barrel shroud and, you know, shorter than whatever with pistol grip and a in a stock or a brace. Right? Okay. So, but it's all interpretation. Like we, just well, that's, said. I, that's who I, I've ordered a couple different guns from them. Yeah. That's why yeah. I went back to them. Yeah, absolutely. So I just figured that it was okay. Well, yeah. we can't get anything sent to Washington state. No, or, and, and it's all, it's all in that interpretation. And it was so vague, like, cause they changed 1240, like three or four different times. So all the wording changed. So they're, they're probably just like, Nope. Until we figure out what's going on, no more sales. Yep. And as a business that does massive sales like that, that's probably smart. Yeah. Because if they get caught up in that, then now they're liable for supplying, you know, a assault pistol, you know, and and now they're in trouble. Okay. So so that could risk their business and then now they're just done. 
and they do hundreds of thousands of transactions. So for them to just be like, boom, no Washington, turn that off. It was probably smart. Mm -hmm. So now like everything's in and it's finalized. I'm sure eventually they'll be like, Oh yeah, we can do that now. You know what I mean? So I, I foresee that coming in soon. Okay. Well, I noticed that same time they lowered the six-shot revolver. They lowered their price on that. Yep. So I was like, we're all going to be gunslingers gun. yeah. and have some spurs on. Yeah. And <laughs> Lever actions <laughs> and revolvers, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, so now we can do handguns, um, shotguns, as long as it doesn't have the pistol grip, semi-auto, pump actions, lever actions, and bolt actions. So and then a lot of a lot of people were saying, "Well, Aaron, what about the threaded barrel thing, right?" So over a certain length, so like a bolt action, like my six five Creedmoor has a twenty two inch barrel threaded, but it's a bolt action. It also has a pistol grip. So because it's not rapid fire, right? And whatever, it's so it. I don't understand it because. If you're gonna regulate pistols with a threaded barrel to to do muzzle brakes and silencers and you know suppressors or whatever, then what's the difference between a bolt action doing the same thing, mm-hmm. muzzle brakes and suppressors? But I'm not complaining because I love my suppressors. So and, and I don't I don't understand about the pistol grip. That's for stability. It, that's yeah, safety. Like that's how you control it. So you want less controls to. It, it, I, I don't get it. It's it's a whole mess. All of this, like the the brace. Um, oh the yeah, the stock, arm brace. Yeah, thing. the arm brace oh, as man, well. That's... Well, they were calling it a a, a pump or a um, like bump the, stock. The bump stock. Yeah, it, that's that's not even close no, to being a bump it stock. Move, that's a safety it's, brace. Come on. So that was designed for um, handicapped individuals to be able to hold it properly, so they could get a good sight picture. Mm-hmm. That's how it was originally designed. Cool, I get it. Did we use it incorrectly? I mean, potentially. Is it designed to be shoulder fired? No. Did it work? Yeah, mm-hmm. really yeah. well. <laughs> so, my opinion, though, and, I don't, and it was I approved don't, by the ATF. Yeah, to there's do literally so. letters. You can Google the le- well, probably not now. They yeah, no, that's gone. There. That's gone. <laughs> but like those SB tactical braces used to come with a copy of that letter. And said approved by, you know, mm-hmm. for use. Because it doesn't affect the performance of the gun at all. No, at all. So it makes it easier to control, which is what they don't want. Yeah. Because it's easier to fire. It's easier to kill people. Come on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so you want you want to you want to jump down a rabbit hole? Oh, let's do it. Why do you think they're why do you think they're trying to do this? Why to are why are they guns? Period. They don't want us to be armed. And and <laughs> so this is not really a rabbit hole. This is exactly how I think. Um, what's the easiest way to take over a nation? Well, you disarm them, number take one, and then you starve them. Yep. Starving. So, and, uh, and I'm sure you're into this too, but like body armor is on the chopping block. They're trying to regulate that federally. Night vision and thermal vision. Hmm. They're trying to regulate that. Like you can't buy that. Why do you think that is? 
so they don't have to fight you at night because mm-hmm. they have all that stuff, yep. right? Yep. It's easy targets. That's what they want. They want it to just be like, oh, okay, we'll follow you to your entrapment camp and all that stuff. No, screw that. I am going to die in a pile of brass. Yeah. <laughs> Come and take yeah. it. Like, that's... It's, and you're not alone in thinking that. No, I know. I, I know I know. I'm <laughs> not. Yeah, I, I have a very specific group of friends that we train a lot and we do things that um not everybody does on their training days like we practice medical once a month like how to put a nasal pharyngeal into your nose to help breathing if you are injured right how to do chest seals how to do a a needle decompression and you know how to do stuff like that like stopping bleeding on an actual like a pig shoulder and we got this pump thing that pumps blood out and it stops when the, the wound is packed. Right? Okay. That's so, great training. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I'm very fortunate to have a combat medic like on our, in our group of friends. And he was, he was a corpsman in the Navy and just, he's, he's awesome. Super good dude. Um, and, uh, he actually has his own podcast if you don't mind. No, go do that. Let me, uh, let me pull up his thing so you guys can, check his stuff out too yeah i promote i promote a lot of podcasts and and i get this well don't you think that they're that's going to take listens from you N- no, no if it it's does building the community man. You're, yes it's, definitely it's you're freaking, getting information out there yeah. and plus i know i can only listen to a podcast for maybe two or three weeks and then i'll switch to another right. one and then i'll yeah. switch to another one and then i come back so yeah i, I completely understand it i want more people to have podcasts i'll yeah. help anybody Dude, it's it's so his his name is juan carlos he does the medic the gorilla medic podcast okay so and he's on Podbean and stuff just like you are so the yeah. gorilla gorilla medic, medic. okay yep. yep he's on instagram and all that stuff too so give him uh give him some love so yeah he's he's a great dude um he he actually just posted up a uh ifac um Thing on Instagram. Uh, let's see. Oops, if you spell it right. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. Just thank <laughs> God for spell check. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he's it's Juan Carlos the Fourth, um, the Gorilla Medic, all one word on uh, on Instagram. He's done like a buddy kit, like a, a tutorial on how to build a buddy kit and what he does in our kits and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so we, we don't run standard IFAX like on our kit. We run, um, uh, fanny packs. Okay. Because we all have a fanny pack that is just like one clip and it's gone. And I can, they can, if somebody else is using it on me, that's what it's for. The, the medic, the, the IFAC on your body is for you. There's a separate one for somebody else. Right? Okay. So, yeah, so he goes through on what the contents are and why we do it and, and how it's you know, staged and super awesome. And uh, he, he's he got this big video on, like, a vehicle kit, med kit that you just leave in your car if you roll up on an MVA or motor vehicle accident, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Is he dude. out of Spokane? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. no, he's in Idaho. He's oh, in Idaho. Okay, yeah. okay. Yep. Yep. Hey, and Juan, dude, you're going to get a phone call from me. <laughs> do it. Yeah. He's doing classes too. He's teaching classes. Okay. And yeah. So yeah, hit him up. Um, when you, when you're doing your training, yes. Are you, you're doing live rounds. 
Are most you doing some most of the time? Yeah. Are you doing scenarios? Absolutely. So when we do scenarios, we run simunitions like uh, uh, what's it? UTM. UTM. I don't know what it stands for. Something training munitions, um, which are man marker rounds. So we actually have role players essentially, or we call them random assholes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean they're they're just in the way like being by saying, oh man, he's bleeding a lot, you know, and we have to control that scene essentially. Hey, get out of here or shut the door and hold holding six on the door and you know stuff like that. So um but yeah the dude the more people you got the the better the training is because not only can you um have to control people here and there but also you have to focus on like what's going on like okay what does this dude need oh he just needs a tourniquet and he, put your own freaking tourniquet on you know what i mean like come on self-aid care you know oh i just got shot in the leg why are you why is your tourniquet not on you know and then we're like let's go let's move you know and so you know and, and every once in a while we'll throw in like those random assholes have a gun and and they're trying to you know get in they they kind of play like oh just want to see and then they pull a gun and we just swack them a couple times okay (laughs) have you ever had uh another group join Um, with you guys we just finished a um back in um what was the end of may i think where are we at we're in april right no we're in may right now end of april um it was called the small unit skills challenge we did it out at um nighthawk airsoft and paintball field okay uh with ty at the defensive action center he put on the event we just kind of helped host and and support i just had surgery so i'm like just in support role right now like i brought a big tent we we cooked food for all the op four guys and stuff like that so uh, we made it like a family camp out thing pulled my trailer out and the family was there and the kids are there and they the kids got involved in some of the scenarios are out there playing music and just being random assholes (laughs) which which in that situation you're gonna if it comes to that you're gonna have to deal with kids yes and and it's funny because in one of the scenarios, the kids had all the intel, and nobody paid attention to the kids. They were just like, "No, get out of here!" Blah blah. blah. You know, well, I've got all the answers. Blah, blah blah. You don't know anything. You know, and and just like because their their space, like their their um, they just got tunnel vision. Okay, you know what I mean. And they're just not like setting back and just kind of paying attention to what everything's going on. They're just like, "Oh, there's two dudes in a hole." One of them's got a, a gunshot wound, and one of them has an evisceration. He's got his guts literally hanging in his hands. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? And there's, like, all the kids, like, a down pilot exercise. And so the kids are, like, town kids, right? And they're like, oh, we know where the pilot is. We know where the medic is. We know where all the, you know, the litter and all the stuff. So they don't have to carry all that stuff. They can actually carry the person and just get them out of the area. And, man, it was amazing at how many people just brush the kids off it's like nope you don't know nothing you're a kid blah, blah, blah. no dude you're gonna try and get as much information from that scenario while controlling the area like holding six and and uh you know your security and all that stuff and you know it's it's just it's it's it kind of like boggled my mind a little bit like why would you want to find out information mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was great training it was all utms um, so yeah, you're, you're out there, you're running your guns. We just put a new bolt in and so it can only fire these training rounds. Okay. Uh, but they're, they're man marker rounds. Like you, you know, you got hit. Okay. So it's kind of like, like, like a paintball almost. Yeah. A little smaller, kind of like an airsoft BB. Okay. But, uh, it leaves a, a mark. Okay. 
Not only on your skin, but <laughs> okay. Well, we had a situation. We we're up helping a buddy. He's building a house um, on a plot of land. Okay. So he's doing a bunch of clearing. Yeah. The neighbor came over. We've never yeah. met the neighbor before. We don't really know him. And he came over. Shirt was off. You know, very friendly. Yeah. Um, the two guys went to him, and I stayed back. I was I was loading the fire up because we're trying to clear out the, oh, yeah, the yeah. path, the driveway. Yeah. And I had my son with me. So I'm watching the guy, and I brought my son over with me. I said, just watch the guy. Yep. We want to watch the hands. I want to watch yep. the – because if two of the – they don't need me over there. That nah, puts nah. all of us in one little ring, right? Yep. So I'm watching his eyeballs. Because if – let's say in, in a situation like that, I want to know he's watching to see where his guys are getting in a position. Yeah. Right? So – and I brought my son over. Now, I don't think that that is what was going on. Intent, but right? yeah. for my son, though, to – just for a watch, little training, just learn. watch. Yeah, yep. just watch the hands in that man. situation. So clear hands means you're going home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. And and getting into those scenarios and doing them and practicing, oh, man. it just it's like it's like being an NFL quarterback. When you first get in, everything's so fast. Yep. But if you, you practice and you learn yeah. and time control it your just, adrenaline and yeah, it's the the big thing for people that don't do scenario based training is the adrenaline dump. Afterwards, I've seen dudes. I mean, in the SF community and stuff like that, they run missions against other people. And, like, if it's your first time actually putting a round on a body, it screws with your head. Like, you're just like, I just pulled the trigger on somebody. Whoa. I've seen dudes puke as soon as, like, the scenario's over. You know, and it's just just because that, that dump and then the way that it just, like, switched in their head was just like, holy crap. And then, you know, it's all reps, right? You do more and more and more and more. You kind of get numb to mm-hmm. it. But, man, it's that is the only way to train for that is to actually put a non-lethal round on a body, whether it be airsoft, whether it be UTM or whatever. As long as you're using airsoft realistically, like you're not running a 400-round magazine, it can be useful. Like if you do it properly and you're you're not just getting into an airsoft battle, right? You can you can get a lot of training value out of airsoft guns, and it's way cheaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can buy an M4 airsoft gun for two hundred bucks. Well, actually, pulling the trigger on another human. Yes, I, I've been thing. trying to figure out Even what the podcast guns. was. Oh, yeah, Even same thing. Handguns, like uh, when I teach um, scenario based courses, I use airsoft guns. Where like you're at an ATM. And the guy could be a threat, or he could just be nosy, you know? Hey, what are you doing there, bud? You know, well, I'm kind of busy right now, you know? <laughs> trying to get my money. Six feet, fucker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't you know what COVID is? Come on. <laughs> so, you know, and so in that, in that type of scenario, what do you do? Like, you're in the middle of a transaction, what are you going to do? Cancel the transaction and walk away. Mm-hmm. Take your card back, leave. Because you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he could just be... That guy that's just like, hey, you know, I want to talk to anybody and everybody, whenever. Or he could be trying to get close enough to you to stab you, which, I mean, I, that happens all Nowadays, the time. Nowadays, that could yeah, happen you, now. Dude, I saw a video of a guy in New York in that exact scenario, and he just tapped the dude on the shoulder. Like, the guy's facing the UTM. Bad guy walks up behind him, taps him on the shoulder, and slices his throat. He just walks off. Well, Just left him there in the bleeding on the sidewalk. Just cause. Just cause. Jesus. <laughs> that was like two weeks ago. It was insane. It was just in New York. It was done. 
when in your store, what do you? I'm sure you get all realms. Yeah. Especially with the bill that was just being signed yeah. with what we have going on today with, you know, we got the CBDC coming out, the digital currency. Yeah. We've got food shortages coming. We've got, you know, oppression of, of all yeah. over the place. Yeah. What kind of people are you starting to see come into the store? Are they absolute newbies who have no clue? Are they, you know, just guys trying to restock or right. build up their stock what yeah. are you seeing a little bit of both a little bit of everything really i've got i've had people that are like um scared to death never owned a gun before moved from the west side over here and now they need a gun i've also had what was their what what's their reasoning because they're scared they they see yeah. what's going on they, so during during the assault weapons ban like hype the pre month, the, the brief of right <laughs> i sold probably i don't know hundreds of ar15s to people from the west side that moved over to here to spokane they and and their reasoning for getting them was because the government doesn't want me to have it which i'm all for mm-hmm. cool well regulated use it militia, responsibly right? please <laughs> yeah you know and and the other to caveat that they were like where can i get training that's awesome let's go you know what i mean like i know all the people to do training let's go let's get you hooked up let's get you what you need and get you trained up because another good guy with a gun is an obvious good thing right? yep so it's one know, less gun pointed at you for real <laughs> so you know and, and i did a video with william kirk on like what not to do in a gun show or in, in, gun in the gun store, store. yeah, <laughs> yeah I which is funny. Yep. you know, it was it was a joke, but also not at the it, same yes. time. Yes. you know what I mean. Like, Don't be that guy, right? But you know, it was it was meant as a joke. Um, there was a lot of people that did not take it that way. Oh, which, really? Yeah, oh. probably because they're that guy. Yes, <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. You know, and and I was talking about you know different things, and and you're gonna get the haters, right? So. Uh, well, he's lying about this, and he's lying about that. The, the profits are great, and whatever. I don't really care. The profits aren't that great because I don't want to screw people out of stuff that they want. Uh, and that's As my a small choice. business, there's that's a fine choice. line. Yeah. If I was a big box store, my margins would be different, but I'm not. It's myself and my wife, yep. and we have one employee. Yep. Returning customers. That's all I care about. And like I said before, I like to see the smiles. I like to see you get what you want at a decent price. I'm not trying to get rich off of people that I'm potentially going to be fighting next to. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've, I've said that since day one. Then you, you can call my wife right now. What is Aaron's big thing? Don't get rich off people you're going to be fighting next to. Period. That's it. And she will 100% say that. And <laughs> and that's just been, that's been my thing. Like, I'll tell you my margins, 20% on ammo, period. No matter what I paid, it's 20%. That's it. I'm 100% honest. All of That's my... what you tip at a restaurant. Same thing. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. So the margin on ammo, I could be 30, 40, 50% if I wanted to, but I don't because I want people to get what they want for a decent price, even through COVID. Like I didn't change my price margins at all. What I paid plus twenty percent. That was it. How was COVID for you? Horrible, horrible. Because you, 
So we're, the, the did you have like appointment times? No, I did not. <laughs> I turned my sign off, unlocked the door. Okay. People came in. Cool. I'm going to help you. And people just knew like signs off. Well, knock on the door. We open it up. Hey, if they wore a mask. Cool. I just ask that you show it to my camera and then put it back on. If you want to keep it on, I do not care. I am not scared of a fucking yeah. cold. I'm not. Did I get COVID? Yes. How was it? It was a cold. Like, I got sick. That was it. I was fine in three days. Yep. I was too. Dude, it was Thanksgiving Day. Oh, my gosh. Right? Jeez. <laughs> and I so, couldn't smell a thing. Yeah. God, that was the worst. Yeah. That was it. Like, I couldn't taste some things. But, like, I don't eat, like, a lot of things that I really, I mean, steak. I love tasting steak, right? <laughs> and, like, mashed potatoes and stuff like that. But, like, at the time that I got COVID was soup season. So every soup tastes the same anyways. Okay. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> my dad had COVID two years ago. He yeah. still doesn't have all of his smell So back. my wife, too. So we got, we went to SHOT Show in, uh, January of 2021. So we came back during COVID. And like I got the shot show crud, quote, quote. And that's an actual thing. You can look it up. Um, shot show crud. Yep. Shot show crud. It's so you're there for a whole week walking around with people that have all the different germs, right? Because I mean, there's, they literally hand you hand sanitizer at the door. Okay. <laughs> it's, there's, there's, Hundreds and hundreds of vendors. There's hundreds and hundreds of product, new products they're releasing this year, right? So you're seeing all these different things that everybody else has touched. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you're <laughs> right? transferring stuff. You're catching it's like the being crud. in a daycare. You're catching the crud. So it's shot show crud. That's that's what it is. So we came back um, after the shot show, and I got sick. Weird. So I go to the urgent care, um, and... They're like, yeah, you, you've got this new virus. And I was like, virus? I mean, like, okay, is it just like a new, like, flu shot thing that or whatever? And they're like, no, it's the China flu. Literally called it the China flu. And so. China. China. <laughs> Better tweet that. Um, and so so I was like, okay, so what, what does this entail? And she's like, well, you need this vaccine. I said, absolutely not. I will not get this vaccine. Yep. Period. This was even before, like, the vaccines were, like, really a big thing. And I was like, no way that they're just going to give me a shot and everything's going to be cool. Mm, wrong. Not happening. I don't even get the flu shot. So no, no, I don't either. Well, it, it, the flu shot affected me worse yeah. than actually just catching the flu, While having the, the two military, days. Flu shot was mandatory. Like, you had to get the flu shot. And I said, mark me down for a week off then. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. I got injected with the flu. That night, I'm down. And I get sick. Like, if I get sick, I'm like real sick. It's not like, oh, the man cold. It's not like no, that. No. I am dead. Yeah. Uh, just stick me in the bathroom. Just leave me, leave me there. <laughs> yeah. Bring me a pillow and a bucket. I yep. am good. Dude, it was so bad. And so, I every, every year, I would schedule as soon as the... Uh, Flu shot came out. I would schedule leave for a whole week, and then I'd come back, and I'm fine. Okay. Absolutely stupid. Yep. COVID was not even that bad. I didn't even, like, feel upset stomach. Like, it was, like, a, a little bit more intense sinus cold for me. 
It was fine. But, like, I'm also, I'm, I'm like, um, not, like, um, what's it called? Uh, you know, germaphobe? Yeah, I'm not a germaphobe. Like, I don't really nope. care. Like, I wash my hands when I go to the bathroom and stuff like that. But, like, if I touch your desk, I'm not like, I need hands in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not that big of a deal to me. Like, that's building my immune Is that system. Howie Mandel? Yeah. He's, he's, he can't Shake touch anything? No. no. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not me. I'm definitely not that. Oh, I dropped a fry on the floor? Cool. I'm going to eat it. Five second rule. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. I don't care. It's building my immune system. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why a lot of kids are now, or, or a lot of, you know, just Dude, people in totally general are yes. getting sick because we haven't been around anybody. Yes. We haven't been exposed to anything. Yep. And kids don't play outside anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Aaron, I want to bring up the first time I came into the shop, as well as I want to know what it was like the year prior to that point. But first, from the American Warfighters podcast that I just did, we talked about Snake River Rock Fest 2023. It is held in Lewiston, Idaho, Nez Perce County Fairgrounds, July 14th, July 15th. On Friday, you've got Twin Sons, The Groove Back, Tone Sober, and the main event tantric on saturday july 15th you've got rewind southway to snake cares couple others as well as jack russell's great white it is going to be an awesome weekend but best of all it is a benefit for local veterans in crisis this is all done through the american warfighters it is a it is a awesome time you can get out there you can camp there at the fairgrounds get your tickets now on the americanwarfighters.com page or else you can go to coleman dynamart get your tickets there and you can support a great cause if you have any questions message the show the show or get on to american warfighters all of that information will be right there this is a great event if you're in idaho oregon washington montana or if you're even out of that circle and you want to come support this great cause, American Warfighters, giving giving back to the local veterans that are in the area, this is the opportunity. Plus, you can come see me. I'm going to be there. American Warfighters putting on Snake River Rock Fest 2023, Lewiston, Idaho, Nez Perce County Fairgrounds. Yeah. Oh, that and. Dude. Well, there was a lot of good that came out of COVID, I believe, yeah. because it, I think it woke a lot of people up. They had to start doing research, which I don't think the government's intended that to happen. No, I figure they, wanted- they, they thought it was just Netflix and just stare at a TV screen yeah. and yep. all the bullshit that comes across all oh, that, right? Oh, my gosh, they have a vaccine. It's going to save us all. Mm, no. Wrong. Is what, is what it was for me is it's the time of how long it's been out, yeah. the time that they put in to actually research. research it. Like, come on, it's not even FDA approved. But but it was the we're gonna give you a, a, a donut a pizza a lottery ticket hundred dollar gift card yeah here's some gift cards here's some concert yeah. tickets like whoa whoa when whoa. has that ever happened ever never yeah. no there's that something going not on even here. when like the the measles and and stuff like that happened when they developed that shot did that ever happen never has that ever happened yep come on and then that opened up a, a whole. Pandora's box of oh, and not anti-vaxxers but research vaxxers yes of of kids that have ADHD of kids that have um um I wanted to say Alzheimer's it's not Alzheimer's um kids that have um like uh, autoimmune disorders oh, yeah. and, and yeah, just yeah. a bunch you know the other stuff it's opened up that 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 number's growing 
totally. as well as kids who have had cancer that it now has come back because they got the shot. Yep. They were free of cancer and then boom activated. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's so much. And then to deny well, that they, this stuff is happening because of, is, is happening not yeah. because of the shot. Yeah. I think, I think you need to take a time out and yeah. take a deep breath because research. how do you, how do you not even consider that it was the vaccine that caused all yeah. this? Well, now there's, inf- there's data that they've been planning this since, you know, 2017, this savior vaccine and okay. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is it was all planted. But they won't admit to it, no. ever, ever. Well, they were at the WEF in Davos in 2019. They were yep. talking about the vaccine before it had even before been released. It even released. Like, right there, that ought to, that ought to, but people don't want to hear that. They no. don't want to hear that. They because, don't care. Cause, no. Because daddy government told me so. Well, and it's, it's that. I don't think a lot of people want, they don't want their day-to-day to be, changed or altered Disrupted. they want to get yep. up they want to go to work yep. they want to you know kiss their wife goodbye yep. pat their you kids on the that, head that movie wally the road the robot, robot one yep that dude i mean all the people in the little scooter things and they do the same thing every day yep that's what they want yep that's it it's comfort yeah it's comfort don't oh, don't can, don't break walk. into my comfort zone no nope i want to go to work i want to make my money i want to go home that's it have a beer on the weekends. Yeah. I want to play on my boat. Yeah. That's Whatever. it. Yeah. But like, don't, don't. Yeah. It's, it's, it got like, people were, um, not like over excessively buying stuff during that, but like, it was different. You know what I mean? Like you'd see guys like you and I who are prepared, um, probably a little bit more than most people I would say. Um, they're like, I need a pallet of ammo. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> that's aggressive. Like, yeah. <laughs> that mean? escalated. Like, that's you were buying a case a month before, and now you want sixty thousand rounds. I mean, I'll take your money. Yeah, but like, it's gonna take me a couple days to get it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be really expensive. <laughs> well, they were. There was is what I found funny is is I've got friends who were buying ammo here and but the and the price was up but oh, it yeah. was hard to get. Yep. You go to Seattle, it's sitting on pallets mm-hmm. in the store for sale. Yep. Nobody's they were driving buying. over just yeah. to make purchases oh, and come I, back. I uh so there's a big a big shop in um I can't remember if they're in Lakewood or close to Lakewood, kind of by air precision. It's called Bullseye. They had tons and tons of ammo. And like we were struggling to get ammo um, at a decent deal right like I'm, I'm not i'm not charging a dollar around i'm not doing it if it was gonna be a dollar around with my 20 percent, i'm not buying it i'm not doing it like two two three five five six is not worth a dollar it's just not like the demand was there would people have bought it yes i'm not doing it i'm not buying steel case ammo unless it's for an ak i'm not buying stupid expensive stuff it's it just boggles my mind how a company still has all the components to build this ammo for stupid cheap like 19 cents around is still high for nine millimeter it's not it does not need to be that expensive right we were buying 50 round boxes of nine millimeter for nine dollars 
before COVID, right? Now, even still, we're at like 14 and change, okay? Is that better? Yeah, yeah. But it's not great. It's not where we were. It's not 17 cents around. It's, you know, tw- whatever that comes out to, 20, 29 cents around. It's the components pricing have changed now because of the demand. Like, that was one of the big things that happened during COVID is people were like, I need to start reloading. I need powder. I need primers. I need casings. I need bullets. I need all the stuff, right? I, I probably sold more reloading presses during COVID than I did actual ammo. But then they were like, well, can you get this? Can you get that? I'm like, no, dude, it's gone. Like, could I have done that before? Yeah, absolutely. I could order you powder. I could order you primers. I could order you whatever you wanted. Do you think that was because they were bored or because either, the ammo wasn't there to yeah, purchase? Either it was boring. It was, it was like a boredom thing or like during COVID, like most of us started a new hobby. Cool, right? Yeah. Podcasting. Podcasting, <laughs> right? So, like, I, I get that. You know what I mean? But, like, the demand was so high for that stuff. And then the government buying tons of ammo at the time. So, that, like, put a shortage. That's why there was such an ammo mm-hmm. shortage is because the government bought millions and millions of rounds. And so, like, to me, that was, like, the light bulb. Why are they buying ammo right now? So well, CCI Spear down in Lewiston, they sell to the French government. Yep. They picked up their orders too. Yep. So that depletes that stock from down there for people to buy because it's going to France. So CCI is the mass producer of primers. Oh. So Federal does primers. CCI is one of the main primer companies. So like the CCI 400 small rifle primers and stuff like that. Dude, obsolete. Gone. Could not get them. Well, I had orders from a distributor that are now being fulfilled that I ordered in 2020. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Like powder and primers are just now being fulfilled. Okay. And I'm taking them. Is it limited coming out? Nope. It's just boom. Here it is. Yeah. So like they'll get an order, like a back order, right? Of like, I don't know how many they order, probably thousands, you know, and, and I'm buying five thousand <laughs> and they're buying hundreds of thousands but you know it, it is what it is you know i'm glad i got them but the problem is now is the pricing that i back ordered it at is now higher okay because the cost now to produce these primers yep. has gone up because the materials are harder to get how, how are the customers when you go and tell them that <sighs> Most of the guys that are buying this stuff is receptive. Like it's 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 not like oh you're price gouging. No, I'm not. I'll I'll show you my invoice. I I will not hide anything. You want to see my invoice? What I paid? It's twenty percent. Cool. I don't care. Like you know what I mean? Like and, and guys just don't understand that. Is um well you're in the business to make money. Yeah, I am. But I am. I'm not in a business of getting rich off people I'm going to fight next to. Yeah. I've said that a hundred <laughs> times. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's cool, right? I started this shop, this gun shop, this business to get people what they wanted. Literally, I had dude buddies of mine asking me to get an FFL so they can order guns and get what they wanted. And I'm I'm sticking to it. Like that's that's what if I'm. If the gonna business do. model works, don't Dude, change it. Yeah, why? 
I, I started my business with $300. I bought a used handgun, refurbished it, and sold it. And then bought two used handguns. And ref- and that's how we started. Like, okay. Like in Washington. Colorado was different. We did training stuff. Only training stuff. And then we started doing transfers. In Washington, I bought a gun from another store, used, refurbished it, and sold it. <laughs> 300 bucks. That's how we started. And people are just like, you did what? Yeah, dude. Like in my garage, I'm literally like sanding this slide down <laughs> so that I can Cerakote it and change the color of it, right? Okay. And, and and then I sold it at a gun show. Cool. Whatever. That's how it started. And it just kind of evolved from there, you know? And <laughs> it was it was so crazy going from that to making six, six figures, you know, now. And, and I'm just and like. buying all the stuff dude, that you were just yeah, refurbing yourself. Exactly. Now I'm buying stuff that's already done. I don't have to deal with it. Yep. <laughs> I don't have time to deal with it. The the training. I'm, I'm interested yeah. in that. Okay. Um, yes. I'm a, I'm, I'm a baseball player by yeah. trade. I'm a clubhouse guy. So having the group of guys totally. and how they interact with each other. Yep. But it's the it's the little things that go on. Totally. So h- how do you go about training an individual? Is it easier to train an individual or is it easier to train a group? So it's kind of um, dealer's choice, right? So like if you come to me and you have a group of guys or girls or gals mixed in, whatever, and you're like, okay, we all want to learn this. I would say... That is harder because everybody learns differently, right? So I kind of have to like tailor to how everybody kind of learns differently. And if there's like six or eight of you, that's like potentially six to eight different ways that I have to explain something. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So an, an actual individual course for me is easier to teach because then, um, like if I explain something and you don't really understand it the first time, then I can just be like, okay, so are you a visual learner? Are you this kind of learner? You know what I mean? And then we could just kind of streamline everything from then on out. So it's, and then also like when, when we get into actual live fire training, I, I want to do like a diagnostic to see what you already know. And then I can just build on that instead of starting from, this is a handgun. This is the mag release. You know what I mean? And, and it's like and teaching it, somebody how to play catch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch the ball. Watch the ball. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. It, I feel like a group is is harder. Um, to to some point, but I I love teaching groups. It, it I like the challenge one, but also seeing the um, the way that you guys gals can learn and move together better or just um like kind of like the team aspect like hey bud you know you do this instead of doing that this is i think this is kind of how he meant it because you already know each other you know what i mean so you're you're just self-teaching okay does that make sense yep so i can i can tell you like how to clear a room and if i'm pieing a corner and you're like i'm not understanding what the pieces of this pie means right okay and your buddy's like hey dude Take a step this way. Oh, light bulb, ding! You know, and that and it just it just works out that way. And then and then all I have to do is just admin, just kind of like evolve around you and just kind of watch and and watch you learn from your peers. 
it's it's really cool to do. So that. you you train or you teach the clearing of the rooms, yeah, clearing we, buildings. I can I can pretty much teach you whatever you want. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to teach you how to repel because that's that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come down the just watch Mission first. Impossible. They'll yeah, they'll teach yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, buy a buy a uh, what's that called a. Uh, uh, like the metal cable descent, a descent device, I think is what it's called. I don't know. I'm not a climber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not built I'm also, for climbing. I'm also way too big for that. <laughs> yeah. Six, five, the, the, not a the, the, That type of training, that type of training would be awesome for me because the I. Room clearing yep. and stuff like that. Dude, yep. CQB is a whole different animal. A lot of people, um, they put a, they kind of put like CQB on the back burner because there's so much to learn, and it can get really expensive really fast. So is it very important? Yeah, especially in, like, your own home. You know what I mean? Like, you're the master of that domain. You need to know every single corner, every single light switch, every little nook and cranny of that house, right? So if if somebody came into your house right now, you know exactly where they're going to go, right? Because you live here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Okay, if the front door is right there and I'm in this hallway in the bedroom, they have to come that way. So what do you do? Ambush. <laughs> Get out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that's, you know, you, you just kind of learn over time, like, the hot spots and the corners and how to do different things. And um, I'm in here shaking my head like I'm peeking a corner. <laughs> <laughs> So getting, th getting corner number three, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, man. And, and then that's why we do force on force because it, it takes that, um, aspect of, Oh, I can just walk in out of the way because if you just walk in, you're getting lit up, you know? And, and that's where, you know, we throw the random assholes in. Usually when we're doing that stuff, we'll do it with just lights and lasers. So our, our, random assholes will just have a flashlight and they'll flash you if they catch you without your gun up or something like that or they catch a corner and you didn't peek it or something or they, you didn't dig your corner if you're taking in a room or something like that and so that's just a <clears throat> hey dummy quit doing that kind of thing because it's really bright light so it's oh crap you know gotcha <laughs> gotcha <laughs> you know and and so you know we'll you know dry fire or we'll use utms or airsoft guns and stuff like that so it's a lot of fun but it also, I mean, you got to think like it's a whole different ball game going into a structure that you don't know, but you know the principles of how to do it. So every structure is different. So if there's stairs, if there's up, there's down, there's sides, you know, and and different size rooms. Is it corner fit? Is it center fit? Is it you know? Is it a linear hallway? Is it a you know? Is it a fatal funnel hallway? I mean, all hallways are fatal funnel, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a different headspace that you got to get into. <laughs> I've been watching uh, a lot of YouTube videos about the the tactics behind yeah. um, two separate groups joining. You know, they're oh, yeah. they're like one of them was a uh, um, one of the groups stopped the water. Okay, right. So now this other group who had plentiful water coming through their their corridor now has no water. So now they're, they, they want to go and water. figure out, yeah, they want to get their water back. And yeah. you know, so they go and they, they meet and then it turned fatal because yeah. of, 
um, the aggression from this group and the nonchalantness of this group. Right. And it's like, no, fuck you. Boom. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden there's gunfire all over. You know, what's funny about that is a lot of de-escalation tactics could have probably prevented that. <laughs> just talk to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I would have gone in there as just a dude without full kit and rifle and stuff like that and said, Hey man, uh, would you mind turning our water back on? And then if it escalated, then my buddies are going to come kill you. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like that's, that's how that's going to go. I think for me, it's just, it's, it's playing it out. You know, I'm, totally. I was, I'm yeah, a like, catcher, so I'm, figure it out. I'm like, already replaying the full yeah. game, you know, as it's going yeah. on, but where are these other guys? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. are they in the right position? Are they yeah. seeing what I'm seeing? Totally. You know, and comms and yeah. all so that, that stuff. That kind of gets into like the other aspect of CQB. Don't go in if you don't have to. <laughs> see what you can see from the outside. If you can diagnose everything, cool. If you don't have to go in, don't. That's the safest way. <laughs> don't go. Everybody's in. coming out alive that way, dude. Yeah, you're already out. Like, and you're controlling the space because most of the time people don't even know you're there. Is this the is this the training that you got in the Air Force? Is this what no, you learned after after the fact? Okay, I, I did some like um, CQB instructor courses and stuff like that, but like. All of the tactics and everything have evolved since then. I got out in 2014. Literally 2015, they changed everything again. And then 16, changed it all again. It's new. It's just like technology. Everything's evolving every year. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got a 27 megapixel camera. Cool. Great. Now I got to buy another freaking phone. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> you know, so now I got to learn how to do this. I got to learn how to do that. And it's just an, it's an ever evolving thing with like the tactics and the way things that are working. So um, who do you, who do you like? Who do you follow? Oh man. To get, to get, um, to Orion get your information. Group, um, super awesome guys. Core vision. They're on the West side actually. Um, uh, they have their own kind of shoot house as well and they use a lot of airsoft and a lot of utm stuff like that as well um actually i think core visions here at the defensive action center in, in Coeur d'Alene this weekend actually okay um i think they just did a, a big um force on force course and stuff but um yeah they're they're uh they're really good um different uh different people for different things like i i'm a long-range guy i like shooting long-range guns um Sidewinder Concepts, Adrian, uh, great dude, former uh, sniper at JBLM. He's now out and teaching people how to shoot long guns. So we've hosted him a couple times. Um, went out to Rock Lake and sent uh, 338 to a mile. That was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> talk about an adrenaline rush. I bet. <laughs> you hear I that bet. ding, and it's like three-second flight time, you know, it's Ding in the report. Oh, that's so cool. I was so. I was like watching the um the sniper. Oh yeah. When they're shooting the cards. Yep. Uh and I can't remember what SWAT. movie it is. Is SWAT. it SWAT? Yeah. yeah. When yep. Yep. When uh, LL Cool J and um Colin Farrell are on the SWAT team. Yeah, that's it. Yep. yep. Shooting shooting the cards. Yep. And Playing poker. But man. it's that it's just that the training behind it. Totally. How many hours oh, man. Yeah. of training so to just to be so calm. Yeah. So my daughter and I actually just this last weekend, I was, I was telling you we were out of town. We shot in a long range competition in Colville with the, it's called the guardian long range. Um, it was, uh, hosted by in motion targets. Um, and, uh, the match director was Carl Taylor and his assistant 
was Clint Sharp from the Karstetter matches. So it's well put together. I mean, there's moving targets. There's targets at 1,130 yards. And, you know, my daughter's 13, and she's just schwacking these targets. And I'm just like, That's awesome. As a dad, I was like, oh, heck yeah, dude. This is so cool to watch. Yep. You know, and it's just a blast. It was a two-day match. It was all for the kids. The um, On Saturday night, we had a dinner hosted by Night Force. Great food, and they did a presentation to um, uh, an orphanage. They gave them a fifteen thousand dollar check to an orphanage here in Spokane. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but that's who it was for. Every city or state that they go to, they find some form of an orphanage and give them a fifteen thousand dollar check to help with. That's awesome. Whatever. Okay. So. The, the match was 250 bucks. Um, I didn't care. I adopted my daughter um, probably eight years ago now. So it was a little different situation than what they're kind of dealing with, but it was still an adoption thing. So, you know, I'm all for it. You know, if, if I can help out, these kids may never meet me, and, and I don't care, but I know that myself and my daughter, we put $500 towards helping them out a, and a I'm, good I'm cause totally cool with that yeah and and so my daughter shot um a 308 bergara and uh she ended up getting a certificate that replenished her fee for next year so she'll get in for free okay. next year and then um i got a they do instead of it being like first place second place third place gets prizes it's just a, a big raffle so anybody can win tons of Oh my gosh, tons of gear. There's Night Force scopes, there's actions, there's full guns from Aero Precision, they, their new bolt gun. There's a Tika, there was just tons and tons of stuff. And this little 13 year old boy was just killing it in the raffles, man. He probably won, I don't know, 10 or 12 different things. Oh, wow. He started just giving stuff away to people. <laughs> okay. dude. I was like, dude, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, it was. I've shot in different matches and stuff like that, and it's a whole different atmosphere. Like, dudes are not helping you. Um, they're not sharing their wind calls. They're not sharing their dope. They're not sharing any of that stuff. But this was like everybody was helping everybody because it's it's for the kids, right? So, and it's it's actually, if you go to the, long, the Guardian um, Instagram and stuff, it's hashtag for the kids. Okay. So, it's, I mean, that's all it's for. And, and there was high-end competitive shooters. Um, Kalen Wojcik from the Modern Day Sniper was there. He actually won the whole thing. But it didn't matter. Like, it it was cool because you're seeing, you know, seeing him run his gun. If you've never taken uh, a Modern Day Sniper class or seen any of their stuff, him and Phil Vallejo are just insane. They are amazing instructors just in general. And so if you really want to learn how to shoot some long-range guns and learn, like, the the actual science behind it, go take one of their classes. It is – they're what based out of Yakima. Is the, what do you think is the, the most important training right now to get? Is it is it knowing the long shot? Not or is really. it close range? No. It, so if you think about, like, our, our scenario here, we're in town, right? So 200 yards. I mean, most people – can take a 200 yard shot even if they don't think they can because it's 
essentially like if you have a 50 yard zero on your rifle, your gun is zeroed for 200 yards. Okay. It's a 50 to 200 yard zero. Okay. That's, that's exactly what it is. Two, two, three, five, five, six. You zero at 50 yards, you'll be dead on at 200. Just is. That's how the ballistics work. Like the, the arc of your bullet zeroes at 50 and it still zeroes at 200. So, even though you may not have the proper training to crack off a very precision shot at 200 yards, you can hit a target at 200 yards. Um, so I call that kind of like urban combat because if you think like where the store's at, the longest shot that I would really realistically have to take would not be that far. I'm not going to shoot a thousand yards from my building to wherever, like the pavilion or anything like that. Right. So, um, realistically like if if i even think i might have to take a 200 yard shot i'm not gonna i'm gonna move because unless they're actively shooting at me i'm moving because i can avoid a conflict i can drive away i can you know go to a different position or whatever so honestly conceal carry that's what i think is the most important now especially if you're carrying every day learn how to run the piss out of that gun Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Your mag could malfunction. How do you know how to mag change? Do you know how to, you know, clear a double feed? Do you know how to, you know, do all that, all your malfunction checks and stuff like that? A lot of people do not know how to do that. So, like, concealed carry for now, like, as I diagnose, like, what's kind of going on, I don't go anywhere without my gun, my handgun. Period. End of discussion. It's That's, why. It's why I got my CCW. That's because it's just everything, just like the guy you were telling me, yeah. came up behind him, slashed his neck, walked away. But so in that scenario, there's nothing my gun would have done. Correct. Right? Correct. Right. So, but like most other scenarios, like I'm not just going to draw my gun right away. Right. So I got to figure out kind of what's going on. And dude, a guy with a knife versus a guy with a gun, knife's going to win every time. It just is. Like, Quicker. Quicker, oh, more yeah. effective. So, like, there's a... It's called the two... Or he's drill. got the plan already. He knows what he's going to do. Yeah, like... You're at, reacting at the, to his plan. At the uh, ATM, man. I mean, it's just kidney stab. You're dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's there's just nothing you can do about that. I could just walk up behind you. Don't even have to tap you and slice your Achilles. You know, mm-hmm. and you're down. What are you going to do? Nothing. You can't chase me. <laughs> well, we better start banning knives then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, a knife, knife in a gunfight, you're never going to win. It's just, it's not going to happen. Because, so there, there's a drill, it's called the Tuller drill. It was, it was designed by, um, last name Tuller, I can't remember his first name. I want to say Bill, but I don't think that's right. Um, but anyways, it's the 21-foot rule, right? So a law enforcement officer with a duty holster could not get his gun out of the holster and rounds on target from 21 feet from a guy with a knife. Would not happen. Why? Why? Break it down. They're faster. From 21 feet away. Yep. So action's faster than reaction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to caveat that, get off the X. Move. Right? Move. Move while you're drawing. Move out of the way. Stay in one position. If you were to run at me and I'm in my duty kit, right? I got a level three holster. I cannot draw my gun and get an active round on you before you got to me with a knife. Interesting. It's and concealed carry is, um, it can be faster than out of a, a duty holster, 
depending on how much you train, right? Yep. So, um, but yeah, so now it's more like 30 feet now before, like, I could actually get around on you before you got to me. Even if, you, like, if we're just static, right? I'm not going to move off the X. I'm not going to do anything. Before I could get my gun out, it would take probably 30 feet out of, out of like, a duty rig. Because it's a level three, you got to defeat two retention levels and stuff, whatever. But... Yeah, so like... Well, it's plus overcoming the fear of actually pulling, pulling the trigger. Pulling gun, right. So um, they used to not have level three holster, so it's just a, a level two, which is just one level of active retention. So just moving like the hood on the Safari Land um, SLS, which is you you got to push this button down and push it forward, and it releases a hood to go, and then mm-hmm. you can draw, right? So even a level two back in the day could... it wouldn't happen or like the snap like they used to have the thumb snaps you know same thing it's 21 foot before they could actually get a shot so i used to do in colorado i did a um, defensive handgun class and we would do that i would put you in a t-shirt that i provided a white t-shirt and i gave the bad guy a sharpie Mm. and he just all over your shirt right you're getting marked up all over the place before you could get an airsoft gun out well yeah it was that's I mean, sound. That's intense training, right oh, there, dude. It was it was amazing because people are like, "Oh, I can do it, no problem." And dude, dead every time. They could not. They were just like, oh, "I can't get, can't get the gun out of the holster," <laughs> yep. you know. And then and they're not moving. They're just staying in one position. I was like, "Okay, now let's do this again." Sidestep, because now you're making him react instead of you reacting to him. So it's actions faster than reaction. So if. Because we're not going until the bad guy with a knife runs at you. And we're just standing there talking. And then, boom, gone. And you're moving. And or the bad guy's moving. And you have to react by drawing your gun, blah, whatever. If you change your direction, now he has to react. And that gives you more time to create space. Yeah. I'm seeing the Cooper, the Cooper, Jeff Cooper, the color system of he's in a yellow. Or, oh yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. We went through a the color uh, system. Yeah, the, the firearm yeah. training. Yes, yes. And and I that, think was, that was Cooper, wasn't it? I, I, it's the Cooper color system for sure. But I, I was trying to think of what the colors were of when you're in the attack mode. You're like in red. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're oh the other person's in yellow yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're trying to assess. Yes. And, so it's kind of like the use of force module in the military. Like when we when we were in law enforcement, we had green, no force is necessary, and then it moved to like blue, and then yellow, and then red, and black. Right. So you you meet equal force with equal force. If they escalate, then you escalate. If they escalate, then you escalate. Kind of thing. So like if I'm standing in an interview stance with my hands up, so my I'm not like hands in my pockets while we're talking, right? And then you react. Now I have to, or you act, and then I have to react. I'm way slower because you're you're already ahead of the game, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's you're always chasing the rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Yep, and and you're slow. <laughs> and you're slow. Yes. <laughs> now I was I was going to say this earlier. I don't remember what podcast it was that I was listening to, but it's it's the actually having to pull the trigger on another human and you having to come to terms as to why yeah you're doing that the after action is crucial you've got to have a support system like being i wasn't actual law enforcement i was military law enforcement it's a whole different ball game i don't i didn't have to deal with the stuff that our law enforcement officers have to deal with now 
so I can't speak on how that is. But even just as military police, we had chaplains, we had, you know, all that stuff overseas in the States. If um, I was never in a position where I actually had to pull my gun on somebody in a law enforcement role. So that's a whole different ballgame to me. Um, now, other side of the country, I pulled my gun a lot. Pulled the trigger a lot. But it's, it's a whole different thing. Like the, the way that our law enforcement officers now are treated and the things that they can do and the things that they've had stripped away that they used to be able to do, I, I couldn't even touch it. Like I, there's no possible, they're, they're given those tools as force multipliers, right? So those tools are used to um, protect themselves so that they can go home to their families mm-hmm. and our, our, government once again is stripping that away from them so it's it's to me that makes me feel like they don't care the government doesn't care about anybody else they just want control so like the the controlling of chemical agents pepper spray and stuff like that is now taken away so like that is a less than lethal option Mm -hmm. that they no longer can have Right, and then so their batons, which will create space to get back from people that are, you know, trying to hit them with a pipe or you know whatever, right? So that that's a a, a less than lethal option. Well, now it's a it's a battering ram, and you're beating people with it because you whatever, dude. Come on, like it's it's something that I don't have to use my gun, right? I don't want to use my gun unless I absolutely have to. I don't want to kill anybody, period. Even as a, like a concealed carry person, well, aren't are you afraid that you're going to kill somebody? Absolutely, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm I don't. I don't want to. I don't ever want to pull. Never, my Never, never want to have to actually pull my trigger on somebody ever again. Never. It's just not something I look forward to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never want to have to deal with seeing a mother bury their kid ever again. Never. It's, it's like, I'm, I don't carry a gun because I want to kill people. I carry a gun because I want to protect myself and the, my loved ones and other people potentially. Correct. Like that's, and, and I know that I am 100% liable for every single round that comes out of my gun. So why, so what do I do? I train. If I have to take that shot, I know exactly where that bullet's going. And, and a lot of people don't see it that way. And, and I've, I've talked to tons of people in the store, and they're like, oh, I, sh- I shoot once a year. I'm like, a year? I shoot once a week. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, And like I was saying before, I dry fire every night. Every single night. That's part of my ritual. Like, 100, 100 dry fire pulls every night. We need to bring up why it is important to practice, practice, practice. But first, I'm going to talk about Cravey's Strengths Nightlife downtown spokane my boy jacob miller he's got the best staff in town he's got the coldest drinks in town and yes he does have those cauliflower bites get on down it's right across from riverfront park go enjoy the night watch the sunset enjoy the beautiful walkway and then come back to crave eats drinks nightlife downtown spokane remember a little extra lambo sent you and tip your waiters how do you how do you set it up? Are you just so in your bedroom, empty in your gun, living room? Yeah, in my bedroom. Like kids are asleep. I don't 
I do it in a safe direction. You know, obviously there's no ammo yep. and stuff like that, right? So I um, I have an airsoft gun that's identical to my gun. Okay. So I can do it that way. So I'm simulating a little bit of recoil, not like actual recoil, but I'm getting some form of new sight picture. Or I'll just take my real gun, clear it out, put the ammo away, and pull my trigger. Because my trigger on my airsoft gun is a lot different than my actual trigger. So, um, yeah, just clearing the garment, getting the gun out of the holster um, is a big deal. Because if, like, when we change from summertime to fall, we're wearing more hoodies and, you know, zip-up jackets and, and then a little thicker once we get into winter, everything changes. Like, when you go to draw and you're in a big puffy coat, oh, it's so I caught, different. I yeah. caught. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, the button-ups and when it comes to fall time, you know, a long sleeve with a button-up. So what do you do? Leave one extra button undone, and then you can still draw. I carry appendix, so it's a little easier for me to draw, even in, you know, a... Uh, a zip-up jacket or, or whatever, a hoodie. Um, but, like, summertime, I carry um, my Glock 19, and I use a Filster Enigma, so I don't have to have a belt on. Like, I can just wear board shorts and be at freaking Coeur d'Alene Lake if I want, you know? And nobody's is ever... That the, is that the elastic? It's not elastic. It's um, So it's like a... It's kind of like a belt system, but it's... The holster's attached to it, and there's, like, a leg leash, so you, like cinch it onto your leg okay so i mean it, it doesn't move like your typical like a belly band or something like that would um it's called the enigma the filster p-h-l-s-t-e-r enigma okay e-n-i-g-m-a great holster i wear i wear one when i duck hunt in the wintertime because i've come across people that are just like you're in my spot and i'm like dude it's a public lake like get out of here you know what i mean and then you know they get confrontational. I'm not trying to get caught with my proverbial pants down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I take my gun anywhere, everywhere that I possibly can legally. I have a gun, period. Do you get more uh, hunters into the shop, or is it more so protection? More protection than anything. Um, you know, and now we're kind of into the bolt actions and, like I was saying, the shotguns and stuff. So, um, but No. No, not a ton of hunters. We get a lot. Why of, do you think that is? They've already got their stuff. I mean, they, or is that they I mean? can like, go to the Walmarts and get that, well, that stuff? Yeah, not or, so much Walmart anymore, but yeah, like or sports, Cabela's sports or Sportsman's. Yeah, yeah, Cabela's, stuff like that. But like I'll see more um, specific guns like um, Tika's and like the um, Christensen Arms like the ultralight guns, like the carbon fiber wrapped. And, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. specialty calibers and stuff like that. And guys will just, guys and gals will come in and, and then, Hey, can you order me this gun? I'm, I'm going on a back country elk hunt. Yeah. Heck yeah. Let's go. You know, let's get it. And, um, I'll see that kind of stuff, but like you're, I've got a couple like two, two, three bolt guns on the wall right now. And then some six, five Creedmoors and three Oh eights and 300 wind mags and stuff like that. But like some guys are, Guys and gals are you know, 270, 30-06, and 243s, and 28-nozzlers, and, and, and just all these wild different caliber. Not that those are wild, but, you know, everybody wants something different. So it's really hard for me, especially in this kind of time that we're kind of living in right now, to stock everything. So we have a very select few. Like we've got, like I said, 6.5 Creed, 300 win for some ELR stuff. 
and then um, uh, two, two, three. I think I have a seven mag that's on consignment, but yeah, just like the two, two threes. Um, I use those as like a trainer because it's still cheaper than shooting a six five Creed. But you're getting the motion of running your bolt and seeing your sight picture and seeing the recoil and and settling back on the target and stuff. Okay. So um, for me, that's a that's a great training rifle for for long range shooting, and I'll I'll uh. I'll be the first to say that some people have definitely um, doubted the capability of a two-two-three. <laughs> I'll tell you that I've I've taken a shot, and Adrian at Sidewinder Concepts can verify this because he spotted me. Um, I shot a target at a thousand yards consistently with a two-two-three. Wow! <laughs> at a, wow! A sixteen-inch AR-15. Okay. <laughs> what what do you like to hunt with? Like if you're hunting elk, what do you I'm what do you use? You're I'm a bow. bow. Okay. Yeah. So I I like the skill level it takes to shoot something close with a bow. Now, with that being said, this year I just built myself a new 300 wind mag, and I'm going <laughs> to shoot an elk with it. Okay. <laughs> you going to go back to go back to Colorado, or are you shooting no, it here? No, I'm going to stay here. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to stay here. Um, my buddy Drew is a guide. And he's gonna he runs uh, a, a nonprofit called Hunting for Vets, and so he's gonna he's gonna get me on an elk this year. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hopefully be successful this year. I've not killed one yet. So no, I, I haven't either. I've, I have not. I've shot at them yes. <laughs> with a bow, <laughs> and as you can attest, it is not easy to get those mystical animals to stay in one place yes so i'm gonna try and do it from a little bit farther away this time instead of 40 yards I've, i haven't got one within range like yeah. you're sitting there and you're drawn yeah I, i'm waiting. comfortable shooting my bow on an on an animal at probably 45 to 50 yards so and um cameron haynes huge bow guy yep he always says practice at double that so i'm like dude i can't practice at 100 yards like the only place that I know of that you can even get to like ninety is Spokane Valley Archery, and that's you're on the high school football field. Yeah, <laughs> bringing my own target, coach. What are you? What are you doing? I'm practicing for bow season. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, I I get it. Like, it's it's super cool. But like, so at at SVA, you can you can shoot at ninety, or if you uh, walk their three D course, there's a um, moose that you can you can stretch to a hundred, and that's how you really like check if your bow's tuned but uh i don't i don't do that very often <laughs> i did uh when i was in college in in jamestown we did uh uh they had set up the jamestown convention center for the archery shoots. oh yeah 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 and you had you had kids of all oh, ages yeah. all the way up to the old yeah. men and women yeah. both my daughter started at five she shot um in colorado she caught shot in the joad which is like the junior olympic development whatever archery something and um yeah, five years old, Colorado State champion with a bare bow. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> bragging moment. What uh, do you you like compound or you like I, the I straight shoot, bow? I or? shoot with training wheels. Yes. Okay. I use a compound. Okay. <laughs> so my uh, my my buddy uh, Andrew, he's a he likes he likes his uh, recurves and he always you know he's he's a not not a pro staff but like a, a dealer I guess he kind of goes a rep I guess okay and so he's got all kinds of different bows he's got you know, compounds and he's got recurves and actual like long bows and stuff. So he, he still runs on, uh, on training wheels as well every okay. once in a while. But that's, that was the, the joke. I was like, yeah, I got this new Hoyt and 
you know, I, I actually won it at, a, at an event, and he's like, oh, you got a training wheel, though. I was like, yeah, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> you know what's funny about archery, though, is I got back from deployment in 2010, and I was like, dude, I need something to, like, chill my nerves. And I picked up a, a bow. I just I went I actually went to um, Spokane Valley Archery, and they were like, just try, you know? I was like, dude, this is that's what I needed. Like I just needed something I can focus on and like just kind of clear everything else out. And so that's, that's how it started. I started that's fly fishing for me. Oh dude. I a, love fly fishing. That's a good one. Yeah. Have you ever tied you on fly? Oh yeah. Oh man. Yep. I've got, I've got a, I've got my own kit. Oh I've yeah. Got, do you? I've got, uh, I've got oh, wax. Yeah. Or, uh, no, I've got wax uh, upstairs. This is the, no, that's the sealant. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. No, yeah. I tie my own flies. Oh, they're, they're not good, but do it's they work? something. Oh, well, every fish, every bug is different. Every human is different. So totally. every fly is going to be different. Every di- yeah, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> but yeah. I, the first time I caught one on my own fly, that was oh, a different dude. excitement. Oh, yeah. So uh, f- funny story about fly fishing. My buddy John that I told you I, I lived with for like a month, he flew down for my birthday to Colorado one year, and we went fly fishing in the Dream Stream. I don't know if you're if you've ever nope. heard of it, okay. So we planned on going to Colorado, oh, but man. I don't know what the dream okay, stream is. So the dream stream is this big, long stretch of, oh man, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, but anyways, I caught my first fish on a fly in the dream stream, and I was fighting this thing, and dude, it was like two and a half <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm holding this thing up, and I was so proud. I caught my first fish on a fly. And my buddy's like, yeah. And then he pulls out this cool. big old brown trout or something. I was like, dude, screw you. <laughs> yeah. Well, they call like we go. I used to go to Rocky Ford and oh, it was okay. a lake. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a it's a it's a freshwater um, hatchery for okay. brown trout. Oh, nice. So they're all over the place. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're they they eat their pigs. They eat all yeah, day long. Eat just anything, scuds. Right. Right. So we're tying up scuds, and and you know we're fishing away and i'm and i'm loving it i'm loving it well we we had on the podcast we had a guide from colorado okay. who does alaska who does washington colorado and he's like oh that's a child stream and i'm like <laughs> you motherfucker i was like i'm loving this you know and we've it's done great. the yakima yeah. we do saint joe oh yeah love saint joe oh, man. but the rocky ford was like that was like <laughs> your your preseason, stream. right you want to go there no that's a child river yeah you i'm like get, well i enjoy get some it flies on there you know get some get some catches under, under yeah. your belt my when i first got into fly fishing my best friend uh brooksy he's you know we were doing bass you know we were oh, getting yeah. we had we were oh, i i, I can't use the i can't use the um, the the spin bait, the okay. spin caster. Yeah, I can't yeah. I can't use no. them or the bait caster. Yeah, yeah, I can't use them. It's a knot. By, by the time I'm done. Oh yeah. So I just bought a, I don't know, two hundred, three hundred dollars worth of gear, right? Four hundred dollars <laughs> worth of gear. And he's like, dude, you got to try fly fishing. I said, Brooksy. I said, we just bought all, all this, this stuff yeah. for for. He's like, I know, I know. Um, you need to go to the store and go get some go get some fly stuff. He's like, no, never mind. He's like, I just bought you a rod. <laughs> So my first rod was was his, and then my awesome. my in laws made me a, a carrying case, and yes. then I got I've been you know piecing it together. Nice. I don't I don't I don't fish other than fly fish. It's so relaxing. Oh, it's you You're know I might catch more stuff behind me than I do Dude, in front of me, but I caught more bushes than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you learn from it totally, right? Yeah. And it's just like everything else, right? How many times do you drive her again? Mend. My, my buddy's like mend 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 yes. he's like damn it just mend and i'm yes. like i'm like i am doing it he's like no you're not doing it right yes. you do this yeah 
Yeah, so. you're getting your line twisted. You're getting, yeah, like, I, lo- I love it because it's oh, yeah. it's ever changing. Totally. Every water is different. And and something like that for everybody, I feel like is a great thing because not only do you need to just check from reality sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But also you just need to chill. Like I feel like a lot of people are just so wound up, so tight that they're just go 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 go. You know what I mean? And that's Brooksy. Oh man. And and for me, like that's what archery did. Like it took the go away for a little bit. If I'm out just shooting my bow for 20 minutes, it feels like forever. But now, you know, I'm just like the business. I'm going. I haven't picked up my bow in over a year. Okay. And so now, like I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, man, I should, I should <laughs> shoot my bow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a. You know, we just got into summer uh, ish. Yeah. It's you know, more like thunderstorm. Maybe. Yeah, pretty much. So, but you got you got five months Dude, until yes. hunting season starts. Yep. So. That's no, your practice. I'm, I'm going. I'm going rifle this year. I All already right. got my tag. Yep, I already bought it. I put in for a special hunt and stuff because I'm disabled and uh, disabled vet. So I put I put that in and uh, hopefully we can connect this year. So it'll be cool. Well, again, I appreciate you uh, pitying me and coming oh, onto the show. Pity. And uh, <laughs> dude, I, I'm not kidding. I felt so stinking bad for that. I was like, dude, I, I, hey, you were so cool about it too. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, dude, I get it. And yeah. I was like, dude, I, I, we knew, we yeah, knew. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, to me, that was like, don't you know? And you kept apologizing. No. Like, no, don't worry about yeah. it. You know, I felt bad that you had other people yelling at you oh in the gosh, same boat. It's dude, like, wait yeah. a second, you purchased a gun knowing that this was being signed. So, and that's the thing is, a lot of people didn't know. Mm. And so, dude, I even still, I still get ARs receivers sent in. I was like, dude, like this has been in for a month now. Yeah. Come on, like, yeah. Well, you can go onto my Facebook page, and I, oh, you know, yeah. I've been posting all over. Yeah. I've been posting your store yeah, and, and yeah. all that stuff. People don't believe that we're not taking your guns. We're not going after your guns. I'm like, have you have you have you been alive? Yeah. You know? So and, and I was gonna touch and I know we're trying to close out, but like I, I wanted to touch on the other law that also went in was the HB eleven forty three, where they're regulating the other stuff that you can purchase by twenty twenty five. Mm. So anything else firearm related, ammo, targets, other accessories. You have to have this permit for individual people or the or the sellers. Yeah, yeah. individual people. Everybody, like myself, wow. is included. Like, I will, I will have to have a permit in order to purchase anything that I want to buy for myself. Wow. And the the messed up thing is they took the cap off the amount that they can charge for the permit. So now it was capped at five hundred bucks. Now there's no cap. So if I want to go buy targets. For my airsoft, dollars a year before you. Oh my could goodness! Buy a target. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, a lot. I had no clue. Dude, and and it skipped because everybody was so focused on twelve forty, mm-hmm. like that was just pushed to the side. Was that the distraction to get? Uh, I don't know. Or is man. it like, just? So I mean, we're, we're like, pushing this. We might as well push this too. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like you want to regulate a society on their firearms, take away the ability to purchase anything, take away their ammo. That's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're regulating how much ammo you can buy and the amount that it's going to cost for you to be able to buy it. Well, once the social credit <laughs> score comes in, the Fed now comes Dude, in, the CBDC uh, comes in, they're, they're going to know exactly where you're buying stuff yep. from. And then that's that's just going to devalue the actual cash charges, right? So the 
Cassius King thing is going to go away. Nope, it won't be. You don't think so? No. Well, no, I don't. We're not going to have cash. You're not right, going to be able. Yeah, you're yeah, not going to be able to have yard sales. No. You're not going to be able to have cookies. Yeah. The Girl Scout cookies, oh, because man. it's all going to go die. through. Fed. No, I love Girl Scout. Cookies. How am I? How am I going to get my thing <laughs> in, man? Like, this is going to be a I got my arms dealer in front of me. <laughs> I got my hookup with the Girl Scout yes. cookies. Uh, uh, so oh, yeah, but all of that stuff, and people don't understand that. They don't see that. No, they don't. They don't understand. Well, we're already cashless. Just, no, no, we can still have cash right now. We still have money, yeah. freedom to spend our money how we yep. see fit. Precious metals, is but, gonna be a thing. But now, once that Fed now goes through, and oh, it's going to be here in June, oh. and the CBDC is already here. It's already yep. set up. It yep. will be retrofitted with the Fed now. Every transaction we make, our federal government is going to know. Oh, so man. if we buy too much ammo. They're going to be Shut on it here. off. Yep. It's done. Yep. Exactly. It's scary, man. It's so scary. Hi. That's my oldest. She just enlisted in the army. Congratulations. I don't care. <laughs> She's always in. She's a teenager, 17. Nice. Here and gone. Here and gone. Yeah. And I lose half my dishes because they're in her room. <laughs> Does she do them, though? Well, she brings them up. Oh, uh, and she'll that's unload the dishwasher. That's half the battle. Yeah, it's half the battle. <laughs> so, again, I appreciate oh, you coming yeah, on. Absolutely. Um, where can we find you? Okay, so we're on Instagram and Facebook. So, uh, Three Aces LLC on Instagram. Yep, th- I'm looking at it right yeah, now. I think there's a underscore in there somewhere. Nope. No? Three Just Aces LLC. Up. Cool. Yeah. Three Aces LLC on Instagram. And then Facebook, same thing. Um, so... Yeah, if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to send us a message and we'll help you out. Outstanding. Outstanding. I appreciate it, yeah, sir. Thank you. This has been a little extra Lambo. Get down to three aces, get to, get your ammo, get your bolt action, yeah. you know. And if you have questions, this is the guy. Come down, see Aaron and anybody in the staff. Yeah, absolutely. Give a shout out to the the, the other two that are down yeah, there. Yeah, so it's my wife Allie, and then we got uh, my buddy Rob in there, so yeah, we're more than willing to help you out. Outstanding. Hit that notification button for me. Hit that like button. Share the show. Three Aces, Spokane, Washington. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.